How are you doing? Oh, I'm so good, thank you. We've got a bit of sunshine today, so that always makes everything better in my world. Okay, well that's good. It's actually it's it's summer here in Ireland, but it's actually raining today. But it has been really sunny, so yeah, the sun's good. Um, I heard that. Um, I mean, I know you guys had a lot of heat, and then a friend that I saw last night said that in Holland they've actually had some pretty big storms. Yeah, I know. I, I heard someone say yesterday there was some kind of El Nino weather. Do you know that kind of high temperature mm. storms? Like we had torrential rain here um, a couple of days ago, like for about two hours, and then the sun came out. It was like yeah, you know, twenty five degrees. So it's quite yeah, it's quite kind of varied weather, definitely. Yeah, I, I had such a laugh the other day. I can't remember if I told you this in our chat, but I was at one of our supermarkets and speaking to one of the cashiers and complaining about the weather and about how cold it is and da -da 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 -da. and she literally like looked at me with like her chin on her hand and he like chewing on her bubble gum and she's like yeah it's winter like as in like what are you complaining about chick and i was like yeah but everyone's talking about the weather at the moment it's quite funny it's um must be yeah lots of shifts happening in the in the earth plane i think and look, it's a, it's, a, it's a good thing to talk about, isn't it? it? Kind of, you know, especially when it's so different every day. I know, I know. And here, when I, I think, I think it's changed for me because I live at the ocean now. So swimming has become such a big part of my life where when I lived in the city, like the weather didn't matter as much because you're just kind of in buildings, doing your things. And now I'm like, oh, but I want to go swim. I want to walk my dogs. I want to hike. So like how your lifestyle, when your lifestyle changes, to include nature so much, you become so much more aware of like, but is it sun shining? Is it full moon? What are the tides like? And it's such a beautiful way to actually, you know, start living to be like more connected where I think the average thing is like, oh, small talk is like, let's talk about the weather. But like the weather's actually pretty cool. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah, like, I suppose that's a good point because a, a lot of people work indoors kind of Monday to Friday, nine to five. So they're not that, you know, influenced by the weather. So yeah, if you're kind of depending on the weather to go for a swim or walk your dog, yeah, you're paying much more attention. Mm, coming down to that, like, what's your connection to nature, I guess? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Brian, thank you so much for being here. Now that we've chatted about the weather, everyone, welcome. <laughs> um, welcome to those who are here live with us. And also, again, a little welcome to those who are gonna be watching this on Catch Up or listening to this um on the as it is podcast recording um i'm very very humbled and excited to have mr brian barnes here with me live today um brian and i actually met in the cyber universe which is one of the reasons i'm actually still someone who's quite positive about social media because i met brian on social media and Brian invited me to be a, a guest on his podcast. Um, and then I was like, well, I want you back on my podcast. And we've got another little exciting announcement that we're going to make at the end of this chat. So um, please stick around with us till the end. And please feel free if you've got any questions as we go along in the conversation to just pop it in the chat. Um, you've got a extraordinary of access to someone like Brian for the next hour to send through your questions. So 
take full advantage. Um, and so I think that's a great place to start, Brian, is just to those who are here who might not know you yet. Um, I know I sent through a few kind of questions that we'll run through. I'm sure it'll all just segue into one another, but just a little introduction, a little bit about who you are, where you're from, a little bit of your upbringing, you know, what do we need to know about, about how Brian came to be Brian today? It's okay, wow. a loaded question. <laughs> what, what a straightforward question. Okay, well, look, thank you so much for having me, Kathleen, and it's my pleasure, and I'm honoured to be here talking to you. Um, and yeah, that, us kind of connecting online is definitely one of the kind of benefits it shows that there is many benefits of, you know, the, that kind of online world. And yeah, I had you on my podcast. And um, okay, my name is Brian Barnes. I am in Ireland. So um, I, like, I, I've lived in Ireland for the last 48 years. I lived in Australia for a year, kind of in the middle of that. Um, I suppose my background, my background is I'm a general nurse and a mental health nurse. So um, I'm, I'm qualified almost 30 years. So like, I suppose that's my kind of main kind of clinical background. And, but I've always had a huge passion for, you know, holistic health and, you know, that kind of, you know, I've always been drawn to that kind of mind body kind of as a teenager, I was always fascinated by, uh, you know, personal development, you know, Tony Robbins and um, Susan Jeffers, feel the fear and do it anyway. And that whole kind of, you know, self-development, personal development, kind of, I suppose, positive psychology, really, what it's called now. So, yeah, generally mental health nurse. And I suppose that's my background. But, you know, following my passion for that whole kind of holistic approach, I um, I also qualified as a clinical hypnotherapist. I'm a life and business coach. I teach mindfulness. Um, I have a diploma in Indian head massage. Um, so, you know, between my, my kind of, my, my, my job as a nurse, I also, um, you know, share my, that toolkit with people. Again, the hypnotherapy, the coaching, the mindfulness, um, and I do employ kind of well-being as well, kind of talking about, you know, workplace well-being. And I also have that Mind You podcast, which is all about self-care, which again is a real passion of mine because it's kind of giving the, you know, it's, it's, it's given the kind of the power back to the individual rather than going to see someone. And, you know, it's like I go to, I go for Reiki, I go for acupuncture, I go for counseling, you know, I go to see people. But I suppose when I started the, the, the podcast in, January 2021, which was kind of, the world was kind of locked down, so you couldn't go anywhere, you know, you couldn't walk out your door and go to a spa or a retreat or, a, um, you know, a Reiki session or an acupuncture session. session. So it's about what can you do kind of DIY, what can you do at home? So that kind of, I suppose, sparked the, the kind of journey I'm on now with the Mind You podcast, which is you know, sharing what people can do for themselves kind of at home. And again, you know, it's, you know, whatever about going to see someone and, you know, kind of getting the benefit of that, but like, what can you do from the inside out? And we've talked about this, you know, it's about building resilience from the inside out. It's about that kind of self-care from the inside out. Because a lot of people, you know, and like, I suppose, our society tend to look for outside in, you know, what, what tablet can I take? What medication? What, what, yeah, what's the quick fix? What, what cream can I put on? What, you know, what kind of, um, 
you know, um, yeah, what's the newest kind of, you know, what's the newest tr uh, fad or trend and, you know, and I suppose that does bring on board, you know, like in the last couple of years, lots of people are sea swimming and cold water swimming and, you know, that whole kind of um, breath work and, you know, um, people are realizing they had a park next to their house that they never knew before, on, you know, so like, but um, again, it's just bringing that whole self-care. So that's my, I suppose, my, my, my I work from Brian Barnes Wellbeing. That's my, um, that's where I kind of have my toolkit, which is the, you know, the, I suppose that medical and kind of clinical background and also, you know, those other tools, the hypnotherapy, the coaching, the mindfulness, and um, again, just trying to share that because, you know, the ripple effects, again, that, that self-care, you know, and like, you know, that the old line, like self-care is selfish, like the opposite is true. Like, any little bit of self-care that someone can do that can raise their energy that can you know create a, a better sense of well-being ripples out into the world into their family to their you know to their colleagues to their friends out into their community so you know that's that's pretty much me mm. I, I love conversations like these with people like you brian because as you're speaking and my mind is going you, you just continue to kind of say the words that I'm thinking. Um, and so it's so wonderful to, to, to have someone like you and to connect with someone like you who shares, you know, these insights. And I think one of the things that you and I do really um, agree on is that people are so capable of helping themselves, you know, and there's so much that you can do for yourself, which includes looking for support whether that be external support like you say you know you go to your acupuncturist you do your therapy I'm the same I, I I've got my people that I go to for my support things but there's so many other things that you can really do for yourself and one of the things that I think you know the work that I've been doing has really morphed into is that I think a lot of people the same as that is the same way in which people want to like you know, oh, a green juice, let me start drinking green juice because I'm going to feel better or let me start taking this pill and I'm going to feel better or let me up my whatever schedule with, you know, activities and I'm going to feel better. I think those things can really work. But if you're looking for the healing outside of yourself, you're not going to find it there because it really does happen within. And it's also not always like a fun and, and joyous process. Um, and if I think of my mental health journey, um, for those of you who are listening who don't know much, I, I talk about it quite often, that I was diagnosed with bipolar about nine years ago and went on meds and have gone through like a whole journey. And this is a whole story for another day, but I've come off my meds. I've been off my meds for six months. It's been amazing, but it's taken a lot of hard work to get there. And I think one of the things that when it comes to well-being and we speak about mental health, it's one of those things where it's like, it's out of sight, so it's out of mind, even though it's the most in mind thing. And also, it's really hard to talk to people who have not experienced it before. If you have not experienced anxiety or depression um, or anything like that, you literally cannot understand that person's point of view. So I think it's, it's very different to if you've 
literally broken your leg or you now have a disease and you can see it on your body or you can feel it or you know there are these outward signs that something's happening it's much easier for people and for society to accept and i think that's one of the things that really fascinates me and that i respect a lot about your work and i'm going to let that kind of lead on to you sharing a few insights of the work that you've done as a nurse in mental health because that's a that's a that's a very important role i think in this world and it's something that yeah is just so needed so i'd love for you to share any insights you have about anything that i've kind of just said that's popped um into your mind yeah well look at we've talked about this and on, on when you were on my podcast about mental health and you were kind of kind and generous and brave and honest enough to talk about your journey and i've talked about my journey like again i work as a you know, general nurse, mental health nurse. Um, I've worked a lot in addictions and the prison service and, you know, intellectual disabilities, acute mental health. And, you know, I've had my own mental health journey. Um, you know, I'm 48, so, like, I've had a few, you know, I've, I've, I've been on a few roller coasters in my life, let's say. <laughs> and... Again, like that has given me an insight. And like you said, Kathleen, you know, if you break your leg, you've got a cast and crutches, you know. So like that's kind of standard fare. If you break your arm, you have a ca you have casts. You know, if you um, you know, if you if you if you break your, your like you know any bone in your body, like there's a visible kind of obvious kind of you know kind of let's say treatment, and people can see it. But mental health is, as you said, it's you can't see it and we're all on a spectrum so like you know of mental we all have mental health do you know what i mean we all have mental health whether it's kind of negative or positive and that's the thing because you know that's one thing we all share is that we all have mental. you know like it's it's again i did a podcast with a guy last week he set up a foundation here uh, called elephant in the room and it is the ultimate elephant in the room mental health so I suppose, you know, like I, I'm a huge believer in talking, as you know, and, you know, sharing my experience, my journey, and just being kind of having honest, open conversations about mental health. And it's hard because there is stigma. Do you know what I mean? There is a stigma around mental health and people are, aren't inclined to talk about it. Um, so like that's one thing I've learned is kind of the, the best thing to do is to talk about it. And, you know, that tagline, it's okay not to be okay. You know, to really kind of live by that, because if not, you know, if we're not going to be vulnerable and honest and open, you know, people are going to feel that and they're not going to be vulnerable and honest and open. And, you know, it can be scary. Like, it can be scary. Like, when I, like, I, I've, you know, like when I started talking about my kind of, you know, let's say my mental health and I've had, you know, roller coasters and I've had kind of, you know, dark times in my life, like everyone. Um, you know, especially being a guy, you know, I think it can feel a bit harder because you're meant to have this kind of, you know, stiff upper lip kind of thing. Um, and that guy actually, uh, who I talked to last week, who set up Elephant in the Room, uh, Brent Pope, he was in, uh, he played for New Zealand as a rugby player. This guy's like six foot six, do you know what I mean? And he talks about his, you know, he had a very kind of, you know, um, colourful and illustrious career in rugby, but you just couldn't talk about your mental health. And he's kind of, you know, so again, it's kind of being open, being honest. And the work that I do in mental health, 
I suppose traditionally in mental health, I suppose you're talking about kind of psychiatric services, mm-hmm. you know, like that psychiatric, the psychiatrists, and even that word psych psychiatric and psychiatry is kind of you know is kind of getting less and less and mental health is coming in and again um you know traditionally it was the medical model so like it was pretty much based on medications pharmaceuticals and it is changing because the gold standard in mental health now is the recovery model so you know the recovery model is you know it's all about you know self-care and you know it's got kind of psychosocial interventions therapeutic interventions you know we're talking about mindfulness and breath work and yoga and you know nature getting out into nature and the benefits of that and you know kind of looking at a more holistic approach um you know everything that we've talked about you know that kind of um you know, looking at your mental health, your exercise, your diet, your attitudes, your the, the loves in your life, the people that you love and what you love to do. Sleep, sleep is a huge thing. Sleep hygiene. You know, I, I still talk to kind of a lot of people about sleep hygiene and they think it's, you know, they think sleep hygiene is like changing your sheets every week. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, that's yeah. good. It's good to change your sheets, <laughs> but sleep hygiene is about have, having a clean... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have, having a clean, as in having a routine, having a, a kind of a crisp, clean sleep routine, and you know, um, they reckon no caffeine after midday. You know, reduced kind of stimulants, screens, kind of wind down time. So that's really good news in in the world of mental health. And um, I did a head step in mental health in 2017, and I did a lot of research. My, my main research was on those psychosocial interventions and the therapeutic interventions. And so that's the good news. So, um, and also actually I heard here just yesterday that they're starting to legalize the use of psychedelics here in Ireland. Oh, in wow. mental health, which is all about, you know, um, your psilocybin, um, MDMA, ketamine, and mm-hmm. getting really good results for, you know, long-term mental illnesses, treatment-resistant mental illnesses, where the pharmaceutical drugs aren't working or haven't worked. So that's really good. So I suppose at the moment, um, you know, there's a lot of positives. You know, there's a lot of new approaches coming in, um, you know, because like up until now, like uh, psychedelics in Ireland have been illegal. I know in a lot of countries in the world, they're, they're illegal. Again, on my podcast a few weeks ago, I spoke to a girl. Um, she does talks about microdosing, mm. and you know, there's there's kind of new information coming in about that. So look, it's a really positive time, you know. Like, and again, you know, we've had lots of conversations. So like everything we we've been talking about in the last kind of year or so, you know, it, it's it's coming into mainstream. It's been talked about. It's kind of you know like and you know it, it's been accepted by people and again just you know just to have that honest open conversation as well about your mental health and again it can be scary you know but again the ripple effects benefit everybody Mm. Mm. thank you so much for all those insights i i actually i mean one of the the journeys that i've taken for me to go from the pharmaceuticals and, and off the pharmaceuticals has been microdosing psilocybin i'm now um using skeletium regularly and when you are able to to talk about what's going on it's amazing how you then actually attract people into your life who can help you with those things 
because it's literally the the whole idea of like you don't know what you don't know so if your only frame of reference of mental health is oh okay i'm depressed so i'm or I'm anxious or have anxiety, I'm struggling, now I'll probably have to go see a psychologist, which will probably be this guy sitting in a room on a chair who doesn't understand me, who doesn't really know, you know, I don't want to rehash my stories and then he's going to put me on some medication and it's going to turn me into this or this or this or this. I think we're so far from that now, but so few people understand how many options there are these days. There are so many counselors that I know now that are working so holistically in the like overarching wellness of a human. You know, even even doctors where, you know, you come into the doctor's room and the first conversations are, how are you sleeping? What's your menstrual cycle like? You know, things that are actually really, really important to make a diagnosis of any, any shape, kind of form. Um, and so that is very, very exciting. And it is very positive to know that that is on the up and up and kind of segueing into, you know, how many different things they are. I mean, I, I think one of my uh, practices that's really helped me has been cleansing. Um, I think that up until my mid twenties, I was just layering in, whether it was toxicity, uh, physically, alcohol, cigarettes, drugs, whatever whether it was mentally, emotionally, energetically, the people I was spending time with, the places I was hanging out with, I was just like caking myself on with things. And it's taken me 10 years to uncake. And I'm still not there. I'm still, I'm still getting there. Um, one of the processes that I did around the trauma of the death of my grandfather, it's also a whole story um, because my husband and I were there for it. It was kind of literally there, like saying to him, like, grandfather, it's time, you can let go, like, you can go to the other side. And but that came with a whole lot of things. And the, the therapy that I worked with was um, EMT, so eye movement therapy, um, which for me was extremely helpful in that scenario. Then again, I did the same thing around a sexual abuse trauma that I'd been through. And it actually spiked it and felt almost re-traumatizing. So I think it's important to realize that it's, it's important to know who you're going to, who your therapists are, but also that not everything is for every person. Um, and what I would love to know from your point of view, because I know my mom actually quit smoking after 40 years after one hypnotherapy session, literally, she did the session, came out of it, and she was like, it literally feels as though I'm, I, I was never a smoker. It's just not, it's, it's completely like the subconscious has changed that narrative. So I'd love for you to tell us a little more about, about hypnotherapy, the benefits, how it works. Um, I don't think people really know. I think they think that, you, you know, hypnotherapy is like you put someone on a stage and make them do something funny or say things that they don't want to tell you. So I think there's a lot of misconceptions around that. Yeah, well, I suppose hyp hypnosis, that kind of stage hypnosis, uh, that gives clinical hypnotherapy a bad rap in one mm. sense now in, in the other sense it does show you how powerful it is you know but like i think people think that they're going to be 
the mind control that they're going to have someone coming into their mind and make them bark like a dog or whatever um, and that's not the case because look at like there's there, there's tricks to stage hypnosis like you you're getting the most suggestible people like you know at the start of any stage hypnosis show they'll get people to kind of you know let's say you know they'll get them to think that there's uh, you know uh, their hands are stuck together and let's say 10 to 15 percent of people are highly suggestible and those are the people that are picked so, i mean that's you know, that's kind of behind the scenes for you so like you know that's why it looks so dramatic but um hypnotherapy like i'm fascinated by hypnotherapy i suppose i've always been fascinated by the mind and psychology and positive psychology and you know like kind of um been fascinated by kind of buddhism and mindfulness and neuroscience and for me hypnotherapy is it's solution focused it works with the subconscious as you said now what is the subconscious well the subconscious is it's that it's that kind of i suppose it, it's an autopilot that we all have and you know that kind of you know that famous image of the glacier that we're all, you know all you can see is like 10 percent so they reckon like 90 percent of how we kind of you know conduct ourselves is subconscious it goes back to childhood programming and societal programming and kind of beliefs that we have and you know that's um that's that's gold dust if you want to change a habit because a habit is just a loop that you're on do you know what i mean and it's just a kind of a you're, you're on a kind of a repeat so you can kind of you know if you, you can access a subconscious mind and you can change your kind of programming and you can change that loop it's almost like to the way your favorite movie does a soundtrack to that movie and we're all running on these soundtracks and even you know like going back to childhood like they reckon you know and i've learned this from doing the podcast like the, how you kind of you know how you self-care how you speak to yourself how you look after yourself is usually how your caregivers looked after you when you were a kid mm -hmm. so it's it's this kind of loop that we're on that we kind of it, it's on a repeat so you can use that to your advantage because if you can if you access your subconscious mind you can change those beliefs you can change that loop so i suppose that's why you, you hear about so many um really impressive results from hypnotherapy um and i've had some like i i've you know i've done a lot of self-hypnosis but um I, I quit cigarettes from hypnotherapy myself and you know so i know how powerful it is and i tried everything and you know like i've worked on it with my sleep and with you know like let's say motivation and mm -hmm. you know just kind of again that kind of positive psychology and you know like it, there's so many ways you can use hypnotherapy now most people know about smoking and weight loss they're the kind of standards but i work with people for chronic pain irritable bowel syndrome migraine insomnia um, they're even using sleep um, hypnotherapy now for anesthetics for um, as a local anesthetic uh, so you can numb a hand or an arm and again this is all research based like there's, there's tons of research on it so that's how it works and again the, the, i'm delighted to hear that your mother had a good positive result because I do hear people saying I went for hypnotherapy and it didn't work. Mm. Now, the, the, the key with hypnotherapy, it's not a magic wand, you know, it's not a magic wand. Uh, there are no magic wands. And the first thing I ask someone when they come to me is, you know, out of 10, how much do you want to quit smoking or, or 
you know, um, be your ideal weight or sleep better. And if it's at below eight, you know, it probably won't work because there, there has to be a buy-in from the person. There has to be, um, you know, like they, they have to believe that this is going to help them and that this is going to work and this is going to be beneficial because a lot of people um, with, with smoking, especially, it's like, oh, my missus wants me to give up or my, my you know, <laughs> boyfriend wants me to give up and I just want to keep him quiet. That's not going to work. So again, you know, like a lot of it is buy-in from the person that they, that they are really committed to, you know, achieving this change and they, that, that, that they believe that the hypnotherapy is going to work. So like it needs to be a good rapport between, you know, the hypnotherapist and the, the person coming to them. And again, just that real kind of, um, you know, that kind of or that drive to change that 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 kind of you know like let's say um you know that 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 willingness to kind of work at it and to you know be committed to kind of you know let's say you know like changing habits it's usually kind of baby steps so it's not big changes so it's the small changes so yeah it's just having having that kind of you know uh buy-in from the person mm. Um, I love that last point. I think it, it, it kind of brings us back to the kind of original point that we made that all of this work has to start from you. Yeah. It all starts from within. And I think that that can seem very overwhelming a lot of the time when you're like, goodness, like, but I can't cope or I don't want to look at that or I don't want to remember that. And I think as much as it can feel overwhelming that you have this responsibility of your own health, how much of a blessing is it because that means that you have the power to change it. And so you can go and seek out support. So going to someone for hypnotherapy, going to someone to do some yoga classes or acupuncture or whatever the case might be yet. And it, it comes through you. It has to be channeled through you. Um, and that's actually really beautiful. That's actually like, and look at, that can be scary because again that, as you said that whole kind of quick fix fix me you know kind of do you know do something to me to help me make me feel better so like the fact that it's like well it's up to you it's up to you this come this is from the inside out and you know you can see that as you know petrifying and overwhelming or you can also see that as a golden opportunity to take control of your life to be the pilot you to be the pilot not the passenger to you know to say to yourself right i'm in charge here and i'm going to change this and like we said earlier to do it from the inside out mm. do you know what i mean not the outside in um and that's the beauty of this mm. Mm. i and actually it's it's taking me on to to one of the other things that i wanted to chat to you about because i think that one of the big places of overwhelm or where people feel overwhelmed or stuck or trapped or pressurized is the workplace um i think that's a very big thing and it's been interesting for me in the last year to go from employee mindset to entrepreneur mindset and to realize that the grass is not greener on the other side like entrepreneurship comes with, with i can't say more but you know as many challenges as many external stresses um it's it's a real real thing and, and i guess this ties in with our relationship to money how we work with others like where you're living the actual environment of your workspace um but so many people are spending eight to 
10 to 12 to 14 hours of their day in their jobs, either at, in their workspace or on their computer. And I think that that is one of the key, key role or key factors in why mental health is struggling at the moment. And it is, I know it's a, it's a, it's a systemic thing. It's, it's going to be very hard for, for individuals to make massive ripples, even though we do have, you know, the light workers around in the world doing their thing. But it is a systemic thing. But what, what is your advice or your reflection on what people can do as individuals in these scenarios? Well, yeah, again, like I've talked about this loads the last couple of years, um, you know, with friends and kind of clients and on my podcast that the world of work has changed so much. And again, that, that kind of home working and working from home and online, okay, that means like, okay, you might be, you're not stuck in traffic and you're not commuting, but there's a trade-off that, you know, you're not having those connections with, you know, like the, you know, talking at lunch or at the water cooler or whatever. So, you know, there is kind of, obviously there's pluses and minuses with home working. Now, it's here to stay, I reckon. I think people have seen that, you know, like why would you travel for two, three hours a day when you can do the same work, you know, at home? Do you know what I mean? Like in your in your home office. So I, I think it's here to stay. So there's obviously, you know, there, there's an appetite for it. But I think, and I talk about this with people, it's, it's like, let's say there's a storm coming and you know you can insulate your home you can you know you can kind of enforce the foundations of your home you can insulate the the, the walls and the roof you can't change the storm but you can't insulate yourself against the storm so again i, I would say to people it's about insulating yourself you know and again it's that building that kind of self-care like we've talked about that resilience bridge that kind of, you know, looking at your mental health, your exercise, your diet, your attitudes, your, the, the loves in your life, the sleep, uh, your, your sleep hygiene. And now, obviously, like it, if, if your employer has well-being, you know, kind of initiatives in place, that's a bonus. Do you know what I mean? And like, I think actually, you know, that's, you know, a big you know, a, a big kind of magnet these days for employees is if the employer does have that well-being of your employee, of their employee in mind, because, you know, up until a few years ago, it was all very kind of, you know, tick box and kind of cookie cutter. So that is so important because the return on investment on this for employers is massive. But, you know, let's say, again, not relying on your employer and bringing it back into yourself, you know, looking at, you know, that kind of resilience bridge that we talked about, you know, your mental health, your mindset, um, you know, are, are you kind of doing those kind of, let's say, you know, maybe some mindfulness and meditation, kind of breath work? Um, is your kind of mindset positive? Is it a growth mindset? Exercise, you know, are you doing enough exercise? Like, let's say I talk to people about working from home, like, eating your lunch at the desk it's like a 10 minute walk boosts your mood for 90 minutes so it's like if you can if you're working from home and you know you have a chance to get out which i'm sure a lot of people you know do or should kind of weave into the day get outside you know like 10 minutes you're getting your vitamin d your um your serotonin is going up you're getting the fresh air mm -hmm. you're getting that kind of benefits of movement um you know your, your your diet obviously your diet is really important um 
but it's, you know, especially what you're eating during the day, like, you know, that you're not eating, you know, drinking lots of coffee and eating lots of biscuits and stuff. Your attitude, I suppose, your, your attitude about this uh, horse working from home, again, bringing it back to yourself. Um, you know, obviously the employer has a part to play, but like, you know, like it's, it has to come from the inside out. Mm. So that attitude of, you know, just being curious and, you know, listening to podcasts, being more open-minded around self-care. Um, even, you know, this whole kind of four-day week, this four-day working week, because most people work Monday to Friday, nine to five. So even kind of looking at that and maybe exploring that with your employer, you know, maybe going to four days because you know if you can show you can do your work in four days rather than five that's just kind of working smarter rather than harder mm -hmm. and you know the, the again the, the bringing in that those passions that you know like you're you know okay that that kind of work hard play hard again i think it's better to say work smart play smart so you know after work that you're doing you know that, that you're kind of doing things that you love you're getting outside you're going for you know whatever like a, a cycle or a swim or going to the gym uh, you're meeting up with friends you know balance it's all about balance and you know that balance that we're all kind of you know hoping to get into our lives but you know it's all about doing it in baby steps um, and again, doing it kind of, you know, kind of step by step and sleep. Again, sleep is a huge thing. Like that overarches everything. So, you know, if you're not sleeping, you know, like they say being kind of, you know, sleep deprived and going to work, you know, you might as well be drunk. Like literally it has those uh, effects on your cognition, on your concentration, on your mental health, on your mood. So, you know, and again, we've talked about going through that checklist and maybe having a checklist like that. And again, just, you know, kind of stepping back from your work week, having a look at where, where, is, where are the times that I can bring in, you know, kind of self-care, um, bring in a little bit more kind of, um, you know, conscious self-care and, you know, bring, bring in that balance. And it's all going to benefit, you know, your your productivity your output and your your mood as well and just you know how you how you feel about yourself I, I love that you brought up sleep now and and this is something that i often say to my clients and it, it seems quite extreme but if you think about um and so it sounds perfect um trigger warning but if you think about how in war zones or whatever the case might be what torture methods are yeah. what they do to human beings to a break them to b get information out of them to c make them feel that they're worse to you know be on their knees they will take away food they'll take away water they will not allow you to sleep and they will add in um extreme um, influences so either like dunking in cold water or loud noises or whatever the case may be and so if you look at what are those torture techniques and you water them down just a little bit you can actually see that all around you quite regularly like it's your screens it's your tv it's your phone it's your emails it's the city and the sounds you know that's, that's all around you it's not getting in your sleep it's like those are all things that are, are literally affecting um, your circadian rhythm, the way your body, your biology is able to function. That all has ripple effects into your hormones. Then your moods change. That affects your 
conversations, your relationships, the way you're taking in information, the way you're able to respond and react. Um, it's all so connected. Um, and these are all things that we're going to be uh, talking a little bit more in depth about um, in the surprise that Brian and I are going to announce in the next few minutes. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's really, really helpful, um, Brian. And I think what I would be interested to know is someone like you who's a dad um, and you work in quite an intense industry, you're, you're in nursing, you're in mental health, you, you're looking after people who you are constantly giving to. Um, what, are, what are three of your self-care practices? Um, you know, practical things that you do daily or weekly or monthly that, that really help you to hold your resilience bridge strong? Okay, that's a great question, Kathleen. And yeah, I suppose, yeah, being a dad, um, I've got three beautiful kids. We had three kids under four. So I could write a book about <laughs> sleep deprivation, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, like again, and as you said, self-care is, it, it's doing it from the inside out. Uh, again, that's, that, that's a great question. I suppose my three, um, my, the first one is mindfulness. And to me, mindfulness, you know, it, it's not even, it's, it's, a lot of people are put off by kind of mindfulness meditation and the feel that if they're not sitting on a mountaintop in purple robes, you know, they can't do it or they're not going to do it, they can't fit it in. Like mindfulness is just being gentle with yourself and it's just bringing yourself back to the moment. And it's realizing during the day that, you know, your mind, we all have 60,000 thoughts a day you know and again they've done research on this and if you're not in the moment there's a 75 percent chance that you're going to be anxious about the future or kind of ruminating over the past so and look if you know we all do it we all kind of go into the future we all go into the past and um, but it's reminding ourselves that the, the moment the present moment is the safest place to be so I do, I do a mixture of kind of, let's say I, I, I do meditation kind of, you know, a meditation practice, but during the day, it's that kind of, you know, kind of coming back to the moment, that kind of gently bringing yourself back to the moment. Uh, when I do a guided meditation, you know, I talk to people about, you know, when you notice a, a, a thought coming into your mind, just imagine that it's a, a cloud passing by in the sky and just come back into the moment. And the key is not to give yourself a hard time because look, I, I've done it myself. It's like, oh, there, here's me worrying about, you know, whatever and, you know, kind of ruminating about doing this thing last week and kind of, you know, giving your, you know, giving yourself a hard time. And obviously that's counterproductive. We all do it, but like the, the whole moments and knowing that we all have this kind of monkey mind we all have this uh, busy busy mind especially these days with life and you know social media and just that kind of busyness just to bring yourself back a, a great tip i learned a couple of years ago was really our thoughts if you look up in the sky um, and there's you know like if there's a cloud passing by like that's really the speed that our mind should be going not our facebook feed or our instagram feed so if you you know the next time you're outside just kind of 
you know, pick a cloud and just watch that float by. And that's really the speed that we should be going. Um, so that's kind of mindfulness meditation. Um, nature is a huge one for me. Like I'm lucky to live, I live in Wexford in the southeast of Ireland. So my nearest beach is about nine minutes. So, you know, as much as I can, you know, I'm kind of, I, I swim in the sea. I also have kind of a lot of mountains and forests and, you know, just lots of nature, even at the back of my house here now, there's a field with like horses and cows and stuff. So, you know, like obviously, you know, like, well, I suppose, you know, like for me, it's obvious that nature is healing and it's to get out in nature as much as possible. Uh, luckily, those three, those three kids now are 14, 12 and nine. <laughs> so they're big into nature and swimming and hiking and cycling and, you know, um, so like I suppose I can do that with them, with friends. Um, I, you know, I'll go for some of my own, but you know, just just getting out into nature. And you know, most people, you know, like nature is closer than you think. There could be a park. There could be even just to get out into your back garden. You know, listen to the birds sing. Like bird song improves your mood. You know, like and again, that's research based. Getting outside for ten minutes boosts your mood for ninety minutes. You've got the vitamin C and the serotonin and just you know, um, you're, you're moving your body and you've got oxytocin, you've got all these really good hormones. And diet is a big one for me. I'm vegetarian now five years. So um, that's, you know, that has been a really kind of beneficial thing for me because I, I always loved kind of salads and fruits and vegetables. Um, now, you know, like, I suppose that whole Mediterranean diet is the ideal, uh, but for me, that's been, I suppose, that's been being vegetarian. It's just given me that, you know, I, I suppose that sense of ownership because like I was always, I was always a reluctant meat eater. And I look, if I, I don't preach to anybody, you know, like, you know, like eat kind of what you want. But again, that Medi Mediterranean diet tells us about the kind of extra fruit, extra veg. Like even when I was a kid, the big staple when I was a kid in the 80s in Ireland was ham sandwiches. And <laughs> I remember like I, I've had nightmares. Now I always went for jam sandwiches. So even as a kid, ah. even as a kid, I was the outlier. I was the outlier because everyone else was eating these kind of ham sandwiches and I was, I'd look for it the jam sandwich, the alternative. So I, I obviously always had that kind of, you know, um, inclination towards kind of, you know, like eating less meat. Um, but like, I suppose even just the, to be able to bring that into my life, um, just that kind of sense of ownership, because like I, I'd always kind of thought about going, being vegetarian and, you know, kind of reducing meat. And when I changed, when I kind of made that kind of, you know, change over five years ago, um, you know, again, the benefits of that and just having that sense of ownership over what, what I'm kind of eating has, has benefited um, everything in my life. And another big thing is music. I love music. I play guitar. I write my own songs. My kids are very musical. We're always singing in the house. Again, like music to me, um, you know, is a huge mood booster and you know it gets all the juices flowing it's great for your mental health jumping around dancing your physical health so music is another big huge one for me oh wow lots of lots of nuggets in there Brian. thank you and i'm gonna have to hear one of those songs at some point at some point at some point <laughs> now you've let me in on the secret now i'm not gonna forget that
Um, I actually uh, was listening to, was it a podcast yesterday, I think, where they were speaking to how important having some kind of creative activity to do, like how good that is for our mental health. And I think, again, um, I've got a friend who, she is an amazing singer. Um, she also teaches and she, you know, how she says so many people, like we should all be singing. But yeah. since little, you've just been taught that if your voice almost isn't perfect or the best, then you should just rather not sing. Like you're not going to get into the choir. Like someone's going to tell you to shut up. But like ultimately, actually, we can go so far into how much the voice does for us. Yeah. But um, I think definitely, like I love that you brought that up. I think finding some some way to creatively express is is actually almost essential for for our mental Absolutely, health. whatever it is, whatever it is, and yeah whether it's you know paper mache or your garden or like, I, I i love cooking and like i see cooking as being creative and kind of artistic and you know so anything that you enjoy like really it all comes down to you know like you know what if you whatever you enjoy do more of that just do more of that i think if you you know i, I love language as well and if you break down the word like creative it's creates it's to create. So we are the creators of our world and everything you're doing is a creation, whether you're creating a meal, whether you're creating an opportunity to be outside in your garden, whether you are creating art, you know, in some shape. Cre creating so, conversations. Creating well. conversations. Look at us being creative right now on this, exactly. in this conversation. Exactly. And it's so fueling. It's so fueling. Um, Brian, I'm going to ask you the one question that we kind of ask everyone who comes on here. Um, and it is, what does the statement, seeing things as they are, mean to you? Seeing things as they are. Mm. I suppose, for me, seeing things as they are, again, it kind of comes back to mindfulness. It's about you know, seeing things as they are in the moment. Like, you know, I, I study a lot of, let's say, concepts around mindfulness, you know, from the Dalai Lama to Ram Das, mm. Alan Watts, mm. uh, John Kabat-Zinn, you know, I'm a bit of a geek around the whole thing. Um, and, but like, pretty much it's bringing things down to their very essence. So you're not, again, you're not adding on kind of, you know, anxiety about the future or you're not adding on kind of you know like what happened in the past it's about seeing things as they are being in the moment and having that kind of crisp kind of fresh kind of you know um clear kind of focus appreciation for things as they are you know right here right now and again that can be so difficult look at like you know Again, we've talked about this, and I like I know myself, you know, like with that roller coaster of life, and of course, I get caught up in the future and the past all the time, and that monkey mind is going all the time. But again, it's kind of you know, it's coming back to that, um, that sense of just being in the present and just being kind of grounded and balanced. And Buddha said, um, a clear mind makes better choices 
And I often think about that because, you know, like we all make lots of choices in life. And again, if you're in the future, in the past, things are fuzzy, things are kind of blurry. Um, you know, so like seeing things as they are is just giving yourself that gift of the present moment and having that kind of sense of clarity and ownership for what's in front of you. Mm. I think one of the words that I'm going to take out of this conversation is ownership mm. and how, how amazing that is because it is an opportunity. You know, when you're, when you're in ownership of something, it's quite a, a lot of power. But I think, you know, if you take the saying of great power comes great responsibility. It's like, yes, I'm in the seat of my life. I am taking ownership of my life. But with all that power comes a lot of responsibility. And we are extremely complex beings from our psyche to our physiology to our spirits. There's a lot going on. And I think for the average person, you know, you can get very distracted in the smaller things outside. You can get caught in the past. You can move on to the future. But being right here right now really is where it's at. Thank you, Brian. That's, that's super beautiful. And I am very 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 excited for our next offering together so firstly thank you to everyone who's been here live if you have enjoyed this conversation please if you've got any questions right now you're welcome to pop them in the comments otherwise you're welcome to reach out to brian or myself on uh, via either our, our instagram accounts um and yeah the exciting announcement i guess <laughs> is that brian and i have been working together behind the scenes for quite some time now actually this idea has been coming along percolating um, yeah percolating for, for, for like quite a couple months um and it landed and we put it together and kind of wrapped it in a, in a pretty box for you guys um, but we will be hosting a live webinar together. This will be a two-hour, like, information-packed session. It's going to be live on Zoom, which we are super excited about because that means we get to see you, you get to see us, and we have to have real-time, like, in-person um, time with you guys. Um, we will both be guiding you through some physical practices and um, some practical tools that you can use. And then we'll be working through the model of medals, which um, is Brian's uh, brainchild. It's a lot of what he spoke about today. Um, so Brian, maybe you can just give a little bit of info as to that, of what we will be discussing in the information part of the webinar. Yeah, well, I suppose we'll both be doing kind of guided work and making it kind of practical because, you know, it, in order to kind of for people to kind of feel what it feels like rather than kind of talking about it. So it'll be kind of uh, it'll be a practical based um, workshop at the start. And then we look at, I suppose we touched on it already, that kind of that resilience bridge, the, the, the different kind of pillars of that bridge, medals, so it's mental health, exercise diet your attitude love those passions in your life and sleep and lots more besides but like they, they'll be the kind of main pillars that we kind of start off with and you know we go off in lots of different directions that's the fun part of this that we've been to have kind of you know it'll be interactive it will be kind of practical but there will also be you know like if you imagine leaving this workshop with a toolkit 
and you'll have lots of tools in that toolkit that you can use and we've touched on a few of them today but like there'll be lots more toolkits in that tools in that toolkit and that you can kind of you know have in your back pocket for when you know you need them the most Mm, exactly exactly it's it's really our intention that you you walk away feeling like wow like i i i can do this yeah i can do this and empowered 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 and having that toolkit now again i'm not saying don't go for reiki and don't go for um you know um acupuncture i do those things but just to have that toolkit that you can that you have in your back pocket you know for when you know like you know like something comes up maybe you can do some nasal breathing maybe you can tap into some mindfulness you can kind of you know settle down into yourself maybe you can you know you're, i know uh kath you're going to do kind of yoga and some stretches and you know so it'll be very practical and it'll be fun and again you're going to be taking away that beautiful toolkit that you can you know you can have with you you know um forever mm. i think yeah i mean i think what we're really driving home is that that instead of just looking for healers whether it be things or people outside of yourself knowing that the, the ultimate healer sits within and you know practically financially many other reasons for a lot of us we can't we don't have access to all the treatments and practices and things you know that could be supportive but what can you do what can you do with without having to spend any money or without having to drive anywhere or go anywhere what can you do within yourself um there is so much we were actually when we were meeting about this we were like oh you know like two hours is that's we're gonna we're gonna Put it all in, and we're going to try and be as precise as we can because we've got so much to share. Um, this is happening on the 3rd of August. It's a Thursday. Um, time-wise, it's going to be 7 p.m. here, um, South African Standard Time. And then, obviously, for Brian, it is uh, in Ireland. It's going to be UK time, right? Yeah. That's 6 p.m. for you? 6 p.m., yeah. 6 p.m., so it'll be 6 to 8 over there, it'll be seven to nine here in South Africa, or this time zone. I'm so bad at time zones. Um, and we're going to post the official event launch tomorrow. So there'll be information on Instagram as well as on Facebook. Uh, you all have our Instagram accounts now. So if you're interested in signing up, you can just pop us your email. We'll add you to the list to send you the information to book. Um, yeah, and we really welcome everyone from all walks of life you don't have to have experience with any kind of mindfulness practice or yoga or meditation or anything like this it really is for everyone um and thank you all for for joining and thank you brian for for being here it's really been such an honor such a pleasure kathleen thank you so much for having me it's been my pleasure and thanks for everyone for joining us and yeah i look forward to that workshop and lots of practical and fun tools and tips amazing amazing everyone it's been an hour i knew this was gonna go to an hour i think i'm gonna stop fooling myself thinking it's gonna be like oh 30 to 40 minutes it's always an hour um thank you so much for those listening 
Um, please remember to subscribe so we can keep growing the channel so I can keep talking to amazing people like Ryan on here. And um, yeah, wishing you all a beautiful day and week ahead. I hope this conversation continues to feed you and support you. And um, Brian, you are just the best. And we will You're be... You're the yeah, best, Catherine. You. You're the best. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for all the work that you do. Oh, such a pleasure. But have a beautiful day, everyone. I will chat forever. So I'm going to say bye. And bye -bye, see folks. you all on the 3rd of August. Ciao. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye.